Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com. I guess before uh, the recology, what have you, uh, did you have any incidents of problems with workplace racism prior to getting to recology? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Hmm. I had an issue with, when I was working in construction, I've been in construction for roughly about, since old, maybe about 2000, the year 2000, I've been in construction. I've worked on the San Francisco airport. I've also worked on the Third Street Light Rail, uh, which is the SFMTA um, project. And I would see nooses hanging in the back of pickup trucks, uh, worker, you know, work trucks. Um, I, I remember one incident I saw a white supervisor driving down the street, and he had a uh, stuffed gorilla with a noose around his neck hanging in his back window. And at, at this point, I, I kind of got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore, you know, being called nigger and being called this, or hearing, not really being called personally, but hearing them speak of others that way or making jokes. And I just got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I had to approach the supervisor and I explained to him that, you know, basically this behavior was not acceptable. Um, of course, you know, anytime you speak up against something that somebody else is doing, whether they take it as a joke or if they take it as if they are actually trying to push someone's buttons, it's always going to cause some form of an issue. And that's what it actually did. Um, I was actually moved to a whole other site at that time to get away from, you know, this supervisor or whatever. But I looked at it as being punishment. It wasn't, you know, trying to tone down a problem. It was basically punishment. So, you know, pretty much for a, a long time here in San Francisco, I've been dealing with um, workplace racism, discrimination, and hate, you know, towards black people. Wow. Wow. Uh, just 
quick one since Planet of the Apes did come out. The latest installment did come out last week. We were talking about that, just tossing that in. Uh, also, uh, did you have any suspicion before you got there? Did you uh, have a suspicion of white people with regards to thinking I need to be on my guard? They might try to practice racism against me. I really need to be cautious around white people on the job. Did you think that way before you got to Recology? Oh, of course, always. Um, that That's part of the reason why, you know, I always would work extra hard when I'm at any job because of the fact that, you know, at any time something could happen in terms of a, a disciplinary action because I'm not working as up to par, which they may think I should be working up to, which I'm really working and being productive, you know, based off of what I should be doing, what everybody else is doing. But I would have to work extra hard because of that. Um, also, you know, just what I've experienced before, you know, when you have that, experience it it's like you know being burned by fire you always know that it exists you know so of course definitely you know i always knew i had to be careful i always knew that you know um be watchful you know make sure that you don't do anything wrong you can't be you know uh go against you know sometimes can't go against people you know there's two incidents at agriculture not just the one um there's one when i was a driver also but i don't know how you know maybe we can get into that a little later but there were two incidents of um racism you know, at Recology, and it kind of happened within different months. I was terminated from one position due to not being trained properly um, and then brought back in a a lesser, uh, more entry-level position, Um, and then that's when everything else happened with the news. Wow. Absolutely. I want to hear that because that fits another pattern, too, that we talked about. Just brought that up yesterday, in fact, in terms of uh, black people not getting adequate training. Um, But uh, I guess the last one, um, did you prior to recology or really at any point in your working career, did you study workplace racism in terms of uh, either information, reading material, uh, lectures, videos, any type of material uh, that is specifically designed for black people uh, to help them counter workplace racism in terms of uh, specific things to say, specific things to do, uh, what to do if racism is practiced against you, how to deal with racist jokes. Like, did you have any sort of material like that? No, sir, I haven't. And, and, I, and I, 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 that book that you mentioned, I think that I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure I get that and pass it on to as many people as I possibly can. Mm, that is incredible. And I'm not talking about you specifically, Mr. Washington, just us black people in general. 2014 for the decades, because this is not new. I mean, the millions of black people that have encountered all sorts of terrorism uh, on the job from white people. The fact that we don't have more literature uh, and material resources that are specifically designed for black people to deal with racism on the job. That is something we seriously need to correct. Uh, If you're listening to this program and you feel like you need something to do, that's one right there because uh, there needs to be tons of material for black people, workplace racism, how to deal with it, geared towards children who are going into the labor force. Uh, even if you're going to work for yourself, you're still going to have to deal with workplace racism because you're going to have to talk to white people directly, indirectly to get a business license, likely to get a loan, all sorts of other material. They have uh, zoning restrictions and what have you. You're going to have to deal with white people at some level. Uh, workplace racism, that is something that we are woefully deficient on. Uh, hopefully we can compensate with that as we roll. When did you start working at Recology Corporation? I actually started working there um, as a driver originally back in February of 2013. 
14. Okay. And I guess when did when did things become a pro? Like when did you have the the first incident that you thought, hmm, this could be them practicing racism against me? Um, well, the first the first issue was when I first started as a driver in February of last year. I went out on a uh, training with a white individual who's a, he's an Italian and. Um, first day we went out, you know, you could tell he was the type of person that didn't really like to train. He didn't really know how to train, in my opinion, because I've trained people before. He didn't know how to train. Uh, we were driving around in certain areas around maybe the third or fourth day of training, um, which really wasn't a real training that they did give me, but nonetheless, they called it and considered it training. We were driving by a place called Westside in the Fillmore District, and he referred to the residents over there and low-income housing over there as low-lifes. Later that day, we were picking up, um, we were picking up compost, so we were on a compost truck, so we were picking up compost, and we picked up compost for KPO, KPO, which is a black uh, station, uh, independent station in San Francisco. And we went in there, and he said that basically it was a, a station ran by monkeys, and it was a, you know, basically a, a SHIT station. I mean, you know, I was just like, wow. And I've actually done radio shows on this station before with a cousin of mine. Um, so at that point, I, I, you know, questioned what he was what he was referring to. Like, what are you talking about? You know, this is a very good station. The station is, um, you know, it, it, it helps people. It helps get, you know, the word out. And it, it's a good station. It may not be, you know, mainstream, but nonetheless, it's still a good station. Well, the next day or two, I got a bad basic write-up. Um, I was told that I wasn't motivated enough on the job and that I probably most likely would not make it in the company, in which they have a 120-day probationary period, um, and I only made it up to 100. I didn't get to 120. They fired me at 100. When I was terminated, I went into the office, and for, for, for a duration of the time, I was explained to supervisors and also to dispatch uh, supervisors that I wasn't being trained properly. They felt as if I was. After... Um, this day that I was terminated, I went into the office and I spoke to the operations manager and I explained to him, you know, a lot of the issues that I was having. You know, they were saying to me that, no, well, you know, we just don't think that this is a good cut for you. You know, it's not going to be a good cut for you. So I said, okay, um, I don't believe that, but I wasn't trained properly. No, we, we gave you a very extensive training. So nonetheless, I was terminated. Um, I made a phone call to my union at the time, and the union made a phone call, and they actually tried to tell me that the reason I was fired was because I did have an accident where I tore off one of the tippers, which, is, which tips the, the cans into the truck. But I was told by the operations manager that I had nothing to worry about because at, at the time of the accident, I contacted the operations manager, and I, you know, I pretty much thought that I was going to be fired at that moment. He started laughing on the phone as if it was not a big deal. And I was kind of shocked, and I was like, well, okay, well, you know, what does this mean? Am I terminated? He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We expect you to have accidents. You know, we expect you to, you know, have little things like that that happen. So I was like, okay, so I'm okay. So when the union rep explained to me that I was terminated possibly mainly due to the fact that I tore off a tipper, you know, I had to fight my union rep on that and tell him, no, that can't be true. So in a little bit of investigation that my union rep did, he found out that it was because of my times was coming back too late. Now, we're, um, they are, you know, of course, being a, a professional driver, you have to report to the Department of Transportation. 
And, of course, you have certain times that you can be out on jobs or whatnot. Now, these jobs that I was out on, you know, I wasn't trained properly on how to pick up the garbage and how to pick up the compost and pick up the cans. So, of course, I'd be, I would do 15, 16-hour days. Easy, with no breaks, no lunch. You know, I, I barely even have time to use the bathroom. I have to use the bathroom in a Gatorade cup or a Gatorade uh, bottle as I'm driving or pull over, you know, and stop real fast, close the door, and use the bathroom in there. Um, so it, it was really kind of a bit much. And by them telling me that my times were not coming back, you know, within a certain time frame, it kind of irritated me. And, you know, of course, anyone who starts off new at this company being a driver you think you may know the city, but there's certain streets that you probably never have seen in your life, and that's how it was for me. So, of course, you know, not having proper training, not knowing the city like I thought I did, my times would be, you know, pretty long. But other employees' times would be long as well that were brand new or that were fresh to the company. So I didn't understand how it was only on me to where I was basically, in my opinion, picked on and singled out that just because my times were late or, you know, long, but I was the only one that was terminated. So the union rep eventually got back to him, and he told me, he said, no, you know what, I believe that it was you were not trained properly. And I told him I'd been saying that for the longest. So he contacted the operations manager. The operations manager told him, you know, hey, we appreciate your phone call on this, this employee's behalf, but guess what? Our contract states that we have 119 days to lay off whoever we want to. So basically I got caught up in the in that whole little you know, set up context of white supremacy, race soldiers, they excel at setting up black people. Uh, this is our weekly workplace racism broadcast. Today's date, Thursday, July 13th, 2017. So I have been told, hopefully we'll have some constructive information. Uh, again, workplace racism every Thursday. Uh, if we have any black entrepreneurs listening in, Certainly, you should be one of the first to dial in to share about your experience and how being self-employed, if that has improved things for you in your career development, workplace uh, situation. Uh, if we have folks, even if you're not self-employed, if you have figured out some things to make your job situation great, meaning you don't have problems being written up where they say, oh, man, you don't talk enough. You're not a team player. You're not part of our family. You don't have problems when it's time to get your raise. You get every bonus on time, every raise on time. You get your promotions. Uh, they're not messing over you on your job, which you heard from Daryl Muhammad just now. That's not happening to you uh, where you get messed up. They, they, they make up any kind of excuse. You're taking too long to get your job done or you messed up in the training. We tried as best we could to educate you so you could do the job well and you just can't get it through your thick skull. Uh, if you have figured out how to avoid all of that so you can just go to work, do your job as long as you feel like it, and then retire when you're ready, you should be on speed dial. The number 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. If you have problems, certainly always welcome. Dial in, share. We can give our thoughts, views. Uh, and I want to encourage folks, again, if you dial in previously, call and give us the update. And I, speaking for myself and hopefully others who listen in, this is not, you know, just about being voyeurs and enjoying or being entertained by what other people are going through on their job. For me, it's just about improving codification. If we can figure out. These are things that work. We've seen where people have been able to say this 
or use this particular strategy and it has worked well more often than not. That is helpful. Seeing this does not work. I said this or I did this and I didn't quite get the result that I was looking for. So I'm going to have to think about that some more. That's what we need. That's why I always encourage that. And just so we can kind of know uh, how people are developing. Sometimes people have some tough stories and I think people are genuinely uh, concerned and and hoping that uh, people are able to figure out some codification to solve some of their problems. Uh, For today's uh, broadcast specifically, I'm going to remind people throughout. This is going to be a shorter broadcast than normal because I don't know if people recall, but there was a segment I played on the compensatory call in earlier this summer. uh, Dr. Vanessa Grubb, she's a non-white female, unless I've been misinformed. She just wrote a book uh, on racial disparities in organ transfer uh, who gets organ transplants Uh, and from the clip if you recall she said she her husband now when they started dating uh, he had to get a kidney transplant and it took really long it was a really cumbersome process when they were dating and so she started to investigate she has she's a doctor she's got medical expertise so she started to investigate to see why this was such a difficult thing for him and she found out that it was way more difficult for black people to get organs No big surprise, but to get the details on it. But she's going to be here in Seattle tonight. And the reason that I was so uh, gung ho about attending is mostly about the location. I did immediately remember who she was and I was interested in the book and wanted to check it out. So that would have been reason enough. But I was especially motivated because she's going to be speaking in a very white part of Seattle, Seattle and Washington State, super white on the whole. But this location is extra white. And I just, I was, I was, it was a bit of extra racist offense for me because you bring in a quality author talking about racism, but as opposed to putting her someplace central, having her come like downtown Seattle, public library or wherever it is, uh, where the few, you know, non-white people that they do allow to be here could easily get to it. They put it way far north in an area where it's very few black people to talk about racism, where it'll be probably an all white audience. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm the only black person there, but you can be sure uh, Gus said, I'm not going to allow these whites to just sit back comfortable and not have any serious questions asked. In fact, I'm already thinking of how I can connect her book to Harriet Washington's medical apartheid when I ask my question, maybe even delectable Negro. But that's why it's going to be quick. So we're ending at 7 p.m., two hours, and then I will run upstairs. I have to see how I feel. Uh, Maybe I'll broadcast live at minimum. I can record and then upload later so you all can hear. But we're only going to be two hours, so I'll make sure to prompt. Do not wait till the last minute. Don't think you can just hang out and call in when you feel like it uh, because we'll be wrapping up a little bit short so that I can run upstairs. I'm on location. I can just run upstairs to the bookstore and go hear what Dr. Grubbs has to say. Uh, Really quick, I'll read some of the things that people wrote in as we go, but a couple quick things. Number one, there was serious talk where people, listeners who have some human resources experience uh, and or interest in like making a group to get resources and codification, workplace strategies, things that would help non-white people. And with regards to labor, just having some info so they could be a bit more informed operating on the job. If people out there are interested in being a part of that group, uh, I guess you can drop me an email and I'll pile them up. Maybe there's somebody who would like to kind of be the leader of that project. You can be responsible, at least be the contact person to get emails and all of that. But if you drop me a line, let me know you're interested. I'll try and forward along emails until I can pass that uh, duty off. Uh, Also, 
uh, black male educators. I think there were, as I said before, there were a lot of people who were interested when I wrote the report uh, about black male educators for Atlanta Black Star. I said we could make it a program because more people responded than I could even include in the uh, report. So if there are black male educators who would be interested in making a program to talk about their experience on the air, what's been difficult, if you figured out some strategies that are helpful that you'd like to share, uh, you can drop me an email for that as well, untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. And I'll see if we can get a, a date time. We can make that happen this very month. So if black male educators, if you are interested, let me know and we'll see if we can make it happen. Okay. Uh, people who wrote in, I did have people who wrote in, I guess that would uh, go without saying uh, for today. If even while we are live, if you would like to write an email, either commentary about what you've heard or if you want to share your own situation, you can drop an email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com. I'll uh, keep it anonymous if you would like, uh, if you want to you know, share your comments that way. I know some people cannot speak via phone uh, for the program. OK, first person. Uh, who wrote in via workplace uh, racism. Let's see. Uh, they're sending it as an attachment. Okay, here we go. Uh, person writes in, because I'm employed in a healthcare facility, I'm required to have an annual uh, tuberculin skin test, TB test. The skin test has to be read by a licensed nurse three days after taking it. When I was first employed at this facility two years ago, I had to miss a day and a half of work because of an issue dealing with a TB test. At the time, the racist white female administrator would not accept my test results, although they were current, but because they were taken at another facility. Being a new employee, I did not have paid time off, nor was I compensated for my missed time at work. Last Friday, due to an oversight on the part of my director, I was a week overdue for my test. Technically, employees are not permitted to work without a current TB test on file. It is the policy of my employer to lock all employee accounts and computer access if TB tests are not current. I knew that the moment that it was imperative for me to get my test done before the weekend. Immediately, I locate the female race soldier who administers the test sometime after 8.30 in the morning. After greeting her, I inform her of my need for a TB test. She responds by saying that she would get to me soon and she would find me. She never came. It was an hour and a half before I was ready to leave for the day that I went back to her office to remind her about my test. I lightly knocked on the door to her office, she became flabbergasted, great word, and placed a hand to her chest, stating, You scared me. I let her know that I will be leaving soon, and I was wanting to get my TV test. She responded by saying that she was very busy, and for me to come back before I left for the day. At that moment, I was done with the racist white woman. I asked for another nurse, a non-white black female, if she would administer the test for me. She gladly did it and took Five minutes at the most. On Monday morning, the racist white nurse comes into the office with needle in hand and asks me if I'm ready for my shot. Of course, 
the tackiness. That's the sort of thing. And I'm so glad with this person because it seems like they got what they needed. Right. So this wasn't a big problem for them. But that's what I mean about policy and procedure. This person knew and from experience the horror from what happened last time and wasting your time and energy is something I harp on on this program all the time in workplace uh, settings and beyond. They waste our time uh, to just have us doing stuff we don't need to and wasting money and all of that. You know the policy and procedure yourself. You know, okay, this is a big deal. They got all this technology now. You can put a reminder uh, in your cell phone or mobile device or whatever it is. Uh, Oh, TV test time is coming up. I know that is. Okay, I'm going to get this done way in advance. And like this person figured out here, I'm going to see if I can get this done without even having to ask any of these tacky race soldiers or anything that way they cannot, you know, negate my progress and what have you. And I would totally, my position would be until proven otherwise that the white woman did this on purpose uh, in not, you know, getting around to her and I'm busy and I got 8,000 things to do and you almost gave me a heart attack. So I'm going to have to leave for the uh, rest of the day. She did that on purpose, trying to mess you up further. Uh, This person gave an addendum, uh, the follow-up. She says, I thought about this after the fact of my encounter with the racist white nurse administering the TB test. I thought it was worth mentioning. I am certain that the only reason this race soldier hunted me down to give me the shot on Monday was because another coworker in my department who is a white female requested a TB test. The race soldier wasted no time in complying with her request. I was just an afterthought. I am not surprised at all. Music to my ears. That's the way that we have to be. That's what codification for me. That's what codification means on the job and in general. Not being surprised. This is what I expect. You're going to do everything you possibly can. Throw coffee on me. Throw staples on the floor and try and make me trip. Try and elbow me in the hallway. Anything to just make things difficult for me (laughs) so that I have a a ruined day, ruined career. That's what you all are about. Uh, Again, I am not surprised at all. It is just standard operating procedure for white people to practice racism. Absolutely. This is from uh, Little Red who wrote in with that. Awesome. I'll share some of the other observations uh, as we proceed. Number again, 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. Uh, Again, to remind folks, we're only going to be here for two hours. So do not wait till the last minute. Go ahead and get a hand up if you have commentary to share. Looking forward to going to the uh, book reading upstairs. Uh, Folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, line should be open. If you have commentary, proceed. Good evening. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, um, thanks for taking my call, Gus. Um, good evening to everyone. I would like to share, um, this isn't a experience of mine at the workplace, but it was kind of a, a I don't like to say a coincidence because I think things happen for a reason, but uh, a non-white, non-black uh, acquaintance of mine, uh, she works as a, like a social worker, so to speak. I don't think she's an uh, officially a social worker, but anyway, she makes... Uh, in-home visits to uh, families and concerning their uh, their children and I guess trying to see how things are going how their education is going and things of that nature but uh, 
like like I said, as, I guess it was a sort of a coincidence. She texted me like an hour before the uh, the program started here, so I thought it would be uh, nice to share. So I want to read verbatim pretty much the text messages that I got that uh, it was against workplace racism. So again, she's like a social worker. So she, uh, and I, you know, she's somewhat confused, um, but so here, here it goes. She says, uh, I was discriminated against dot, dot, dot by a nine-year-old. So, you know, I say, wow. She say, yeah, my thoughts exactly. Um, again, her text, his mom apologized to me she said something else many times. And um, so I said, white boy, you know, question mark. And she says, yes. And then I said, you know, maybe I'm not so codified. But I said, she taught him that, you know, referring to the, the child's mom. And she says, she texted me. Um, I asked him where he learned that. And he said, school. And the school he goes to is an alternative school for defiant and aggressive kids with mental problems. So I said, I text her, what did he say? And she says, I greeted him and he said, you're black. I can't talk to you. Black people are bad and are probably going to kill me. And he walked away. And then I text her, oh, so that was really meant for someone like me. And she says, she texts me. So then I asked him where he learned that. And he said, at school, she texts, she said the same thing again. All black, all the black people are bad. She's quoting the nine-year-old. And I said, wow, again. And she says, uh, um, I'm thinking, uh, she says, she texts, I'm thinking black to him is anything non-white. So maybe she's not so confused, but she says, I'm thinking black to him means anything non-white. I thought that was really interesting because I'm a bronze caramel color. That's what she says. And then I said, maybe he just thought you were a lighter skinned black person. And then she says, you know, LOL. And um, that was the end of the um, the text. And um, I just thought that was really, really interesting. And I know we say on this uh, program a lot that... Uh, you know, it's not, you know, these old um, elderly white people that are practicing racism. I mean, you get a new uh, crop going uh, every second. So, but that's all I have for now. Thanks for letting me share. Wow. That sounds like that might be a, a text exchange to screenshot and save for the records, if nothing more than for uh, personal uh, amusement. But that is... Uh, that's great on a number of levels. Exactly what you just said. We always talk about this. It's the uh, the older racist. But for that sort of thing, that's already the understanding that he has of black people uh, at this age. Wow. And great question. Where do you think he learned that from? Hmm. <laughs> just see, see what they say. But I mean, that's the environment. Uh, if we're talking about in the school situation, that's what we're dealing with. And that's something I don't even I'm not sure if people even think about in terms of educators you know, how do you deal with that? Yes, your children need to be prepared to deal with that, too. But, you know, educators, black educators prepared. What's your counter racist code? Uh, if you have a racist child is one of your students and now you have to deal with that. I mean, it's a lot to consider. Um, 
great observation. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, if we had people who had comments on that, if we had educators who wanted to respond to that or share any thoughts, feel free. Uh, if any of the other folks on the line with us with a hand up uh, wanted to comment, I think Stacy in the UK is with us also. Uh, feel free to chime in. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Oh, greetings, everyone. This is Ari. So I just wanted to respond to the first um, story that you read about the TB test. I am also in the medical field. I'm a nursing assistant. I don't work in facilities anymore that require a TB test, but it's pretty much the same song that I was hearing. I can totally relate because um, I don't really know. Um, I haven't seen any like TB test policies in the procedure, but from my experience, um, just the jobs that I have worked at, the facilities that do require a TB test, they are very bad at um, giving it to you on time and even letting you know, but that's something you should already know yourself. But just in order to bypass, yeah, the racist supervisor or the nurse that is supposed to be administering that, I would just go over her. I mean, like I said, I would check the policy and procedure, but uh, I don't recall any of the policy and procedures that I used to work at having anything um, in there. So maybe that's something they might add if someone questioned it. Um, I would just go over her. There's somebody like a, the director of nursing, which is like a little above the supervisors. And then if the director of nursing doesn't do anything, which usually they will, because usually it's just kind of like the nurse supervisors are the ones that think that they're the ones on the floor with you that think they can just boss you around and tell you what to do. Um, but from my experience, I just go over them. Um, I'm just really abrupt with them and dismissive. Um, like I would just say, hey, I need my TB test done. Um, here's my paper. Um, and if they kind of put it off, then I'll just go straight to the office and just say, um, is there anybody else that can give me it? Um, yeah, I'm about to leave for work and it's due. Or um, And you kind of just have to do that every time you're on shift. Uh, because, yeah, ultimately it will fall on you, and I haven't lost time off of work from that, but I can see how it would really affect someone. Um, and also, that was that. I just had a question, and maybe someone can offer some advice. So I've been with this job for six months, and when I accepted the job, they, the offer letter that they gave me was um, the contingencies were, like, at three months, I would get a review, and then at six months, I would get a review, and then at nine months, um, and that's all it said in the letter. So like I said, it's been six months, and they haven't contacted me. Like, I don't go to a workplace or a building. Like, I just kind of travel and work. Um, so the only communication I have with them is through email or phone, but mostly I prefer email because I have it on documentation. Um, and I've been codified the last six months, so this job I started, I was like, okay, cool, I like it because I don't see anyone. If I need them, I call them, they call me, or if I don't want to talk to them, just email. Um, so I was just wondering, they haven't mentioned anything about the review for the, for the three-month review and for the six-month review. Um, and in the letter, when I first got hired, was saying my position was, like, temporary, um, which I didn't really care because that's the kind of job I was looking for anyways. It's like a weekend job. 
So they haven't mentioned anything about the three-month review or the six-month review coming up. But there's another part to it, which I think is kind of funny, because like I said, I've been codified with them when I need to communicate about problems or just anything. Um, I've been really codified, and sometimes it's to a point where I know I, know I get under their nerves because I'm not, um, like, they, I know they know I'm not dumb and they can't pull one over me. Um, so I check my mail. I don't check my mail too often. I, like, once a week. And so I checked my mail the other day, and I had, like, this packet in the mail. And it was like the certificate of appreciation. And it was really tacky. I was just bursted out laughing. They spelled my name wrong. And like I said, I communicate with them through emails. So I've never seen them um, like have a spelling error or any like grammatical errors really. Um, yeah, they seemed pretty good. But this letter was like, thank you, Ari, misspelled. Um, you pick up shift, uh, not plural, and you commun like you are good communicate. Um, so I just showed the people around me, and like yeah, we started laughing. And, um, it was really tacky, but yeah, my main question is, um, should I ask them about like my review, or should I just kind of let it go? I mean, I know maybe the answer is probably yeah, I should talk to them, but for me. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I'm asking because I'm not sure. But that's all I have for now. Thanks for listening. Appreciate that, Ari. Um, I guess my view on the tackiness of the card should not be under uh, minimized, uh, in in my opinion, either. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, the name misspelled, and then everything else within within that uh, that. That says a lot right there. I would keep that in my file as well, just to remember the tackiness, even when it looks like they're trying to do something. To, oh, we appreciate how hard you work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess, folks, if you said this is kind of a temporary thing, it's not like you're looking to be here for 15, 20 years, right? Become a partner at the company, it seemed. Um, I guess my only reason that I would generally encourage people, uh, it might be something to inquire about the review because sometimes if they're trying to sabotage and get rid of us or make trouble for you on the job, sometimes they'll try to say, oh, well, you you haven't been doing this correctly. You haven't been doing that correctly. Uh, and if there's a problem, then those reviews is where that could be addressed. So if it's something that I haven't been doing right, you always have an opportunity where they should be the one uh, that are bringing this up, bringing this to the forefront to say, hey, I think there there might be some concerns or some things that we want to make sure that you're working on so you can be a better employee. Or if you are doing great work, if you've been doing exemplary, how about a raise? That's where it would come up in the review that, hey, you are you are just killing it. You're doing way better work and you're picking up all these shifts. You've not been late. You've not missed any days. Like, wow, you're just doing amazing work. Maybe uh, a raise. Uh, that would be my, my only caution uh, in, in terms of both of those could be to your advantage to have a review so that there are any problems that they're going to try and bring up later. You could nip that in the bud in the review now. Or if you're doing great and it's time for a raise, Either or could happen there. Uh, those would be the only reasons why I would say, yeah, I would maybe inquire about it. But I also I totally understand if it's not this is not a long term thing and you're just doing this in the time being. Uh, did other other folks have suggestions on this uh, three month review that was a part of the deal for taking the job, but they haven't done it? Would you inquire about it or no big deal? Just, you know, continue about your business and, and not say anything. Hi, 
Oh, that's uh, Stacy in the UK. Yeah, hi, and hi to everyone on the floor. Um, yeah, yeah I, I guess I would ask about it simply because um, whether you stay or not, um, you know, whether you plan to be with the organisation or not, for a long time, the fact is that when you do move on to another organisation, they may go back to that company to get feedback. Um, so that's the only reason I would do, and you don't want any surprises sprung on you at the end of six months if it is the case that you know you, you plan it to be there more than that six-month period. Um, so for that reason alone, that I, I would ask about it. If they don't do the review, fine. Um, but at least you've got a record of you requesting it, and certainly I would still keep my own personal record of the things that I've done, skills that I've acquired and any achievements that I've made irrespective of what the company does itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just my view anyway. I'll mute my line just in case anyone's got other comments, Gus. Awesome. Hearing from uh, Stacy in London. I think it's uh, currently 1.40 a.m. Friday morning and she is hanging in tough for workplace racism. Uh, did other folks have suggestion or thought? Do you inquire about the review or let it go? Other folks' thoughts? Inquire about the review, review or let it go? Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hello? Yes. Meeting beautiful people. This is Emmy. Um, I'm going to concur with Miss um, Stacy, I was going to say the exact same thing, that um, I would inquire about the review. Um, and I would actually want the review, too. Like, I actually like jobs that do reviews. I find that um, if they do them consistently and I do end up spending some amount of time there, I can always request a copy or I always do have a copy. So when I go to the next job and I say, well, this is what I did, um, these are some of my strong points. Like sometimes it's good to have that. I don't just have my resume. Like I'll try to have other things that speak to um, what I can provide. That way I can get a better job and make more money pretty much. Um, and for the other reasons that other folks have said, like if there's an issue then it's documented and you're able to work on it and all that good stuff. Um, but I also think like sometimes we can use them to our benefit and uh, highlight some of our good things that we can have, have proof for. Because sometimes recommendations, like when they call on the phone, um, it doesn't always work out. Like if it ended badly, but in the process of it being good in the beginning, you have a record of that, that's good. Um, that's just my little spin. So thanks. Grand, Emmy, grand. Uh, any other thoughts, suggestions on the review? Uh, it seems like right now everybody's kind of leaning on the inquire about it. Uh, it would be good to inquire about it, see if they'll do it. Uh, any any other suggestions or thoughts? Anybody think they would know? They would just let it go if they haven't asked about it? Forget it. I will assume some of the other folks who dialed in uh, have their own concern uh, that they want to address. If you are dialing in, you have your own problem, concern that you want to address or something that we talked about already uh, that you want to comment on, feel free. Ms. Canabier? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Uh, everybody, I wanted to first ask you, Gus, if it's okay that I use a, a term for my name that you usually use. You always say uh, highly victimized. So can I borrow that from you? Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's going to be my name, highly victimized, or HV for short. But I, I don't have my, pers my own personal uh, workplace racism to share, but I, I wanted to... <clears throat> Excuse me. Share one that I that I observed. Um, the interview with Dr. Umar Johnson and Rowan Martin. You know, they kind of sparred, and then they brought in some black women to kind of spar with him as well. And what I immediately saw was like, you know what, racist white supremacists are behind this. And usually, before I started getting into the cows, I would have gotten upset with, with them. And I remember a, a previous show where President, President Obama on the cows, he was, he was being criticized by some of the, um, the callers, and you weren't, you weren't having that or any of that. And because their, their position was, he's not, just, he's not doing this for survival, he's doing this for trinkets, he has a big-time job and things like that. And what I've learned from listening to workplace racism is that there isn't any job that you can go to that, that, that black people can go to and not have to and not be forced to mistreat other black people and other non-white people to keep their jobs, whether it be writing them up unjustly, docking their pay unjustly, um, reprimanding them um, in, a, in, a, in a disrespectful way, reporting them unjustly, firing them unjustly, whatever it might be. So I just wanted to thank you for just just having that and even Mr. Fuller as well, having that mentality that, you know, we don't criticize each other because we are all are highly victimized. And as a result, instead of getting angry when I'm looking at this stuff and seeing them argue back and forth and he's trying to, Dr. Omar Johnson is trying to defend black women and now these, these now some black women are, are arguing with him and interrupting him and all this stuff that I'm looking that instead of getting mad, now I just feel very, very sorry for everyone. And I would think that that has a traumatic effect, that you have to, um, you have to disrespect these people that are victimized like you and, and set yourself up for criticism and all these different things. So that was it, and I will mute my whole mind. Wow. That is very common uh, in terms of... Uh whether it's direct like that, which you're talking about with the situation with Roland Martin and Dr. Umar, uh, whether it's direct like that, where a lot of times racists, they can or orchestrate uh, different scenarios where they might not even be physically present, but they're still setting it up so that they're the ones responsible for non-white people bickering, squabbling with one another. Uh, they can do it directly like that, or they can have other situations where they just put you uh, in a job where things are not going to be efficient. And it might even look like a non-white person is in charge. So everybody gets upset and they're mad about how things are going. Maybe the paychecks come in a day late or just all kinds of little things that just end up making it efficient. So the people get upset. They don't argue with the white people in charge. They get upset with the non-white person that is is consistent within the system of racism, white supremacy. Whites are awesome at that. And that's always, in my view, at least, I think it's really good in work situations just to kind of keep that in mind, make sure uh, even if we get frustrated with other non-white people to keep in mind who is most to blame and try as best we can to be uh, courteous, <laughs> even with the other non-white people that we don't agree with. Yes, ma'am. I'll just quickly take it up if I could throw in a quick follow-up. Um, it's, it's similar to something that I already said. And the reason I brought this particular one up with Dr. Lamar Johnson is because they would look at him and Roland and the rest of them as people who are just, you know, throwing each other under the bus and, and 
throwing black people under the bus for for trinkets and things of that nature and just like i said like with the president that these things go on from mcdonald's all the way up to you know the oval office so it doesn't matter what job it is like um racist white supremacists are are orchestrating behind the scenes for us to mistreat each other no matter what it is so you can't always just look at them and look at how much they're making and things like that and think oh well they're just selling you out and things like that they weren't getting these, these high-paid jobs, if they go and go to a low-paying job, they will still be forced to mistreat non-white or, or black people in order to keep that job. So that was it. Yep. Yep. You're still, we're still in the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, that's really at the end of the day, uh, regardless of how many zeros you got on your paycheck or how much you get in your direct deposit or whatever form of compensation, uh, or if you have zero, you don't get anything. No nickels for you at all. But, uh, with the racist decide, we're still under the system of white supremacy. That's the most important thing to keep in mind. Even I saw some people got frustrated. I, I had said back in Virginia, that's where I was born uh, in Virginia. They had that March. The KKK had an armed March last weekend and they had a photograph of a black police officer. He was there and he was, uh, I guess that was his job for the day. They said, you're going to provide security for these armed Klan members. And people were upset and same thing, frustrated with him. System of white supremacy. Very easy. This is what your job is going to be today. And either you can do it or feel free. You can hand in your badge and your gun and, you know, feel free to try and see if you can get better employment in the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, make a decision. We'll give you five minutes. <laughs> you know, that's that's the system of white supremacy. The people that are most to blame for all of this racist man, racist woman, racist child. Very important to keep that in mind, even in the workplace. Uh, other folks we've uh, not heard from either. If you had commentary uh, on what you just heard from HV, uh, if you had commentary on anything people have presented thus far, your own situation, feel free. The other folks taking their time or uh, spectating. I've said consistently we should not have spectating, and especially not today. It should not be people dialing in with a hand up and loafing or being quiet because we will only be here for two hours. Uh, I am going to the event to see Dr. Vanessa Grubbs, her book Interlaced Fingers on the uh, Racial Disparities, the term she uses in organ transplants. So do not lollygag today. Uh, let's see. Wow, folks. Gosh, are Oh, there we go. Was there a female uh, caller as well? Oh, gosh, that was me, but I have spoken already, um, Stacey. So I don't know if you wanted to take someone who hasn't spoken. Uh, we might as well get everyone today since we don't have time to spare. Uh, we'll get Stacy, and then uh, we'll get the male caller. I think that was still learning. We'll get him as well. Stacy, did you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I did want to respond to what was just being said, but I'll, I'll do that in the context of my update as well. Um, because um, it is really difficult, because even though, you know, definitely for me, just like the other caller listening to this program has helped me become a more codified of my own behaviour, but more understanding of the way that non-white people can get used in the workplace and in the system of racism. You know, as I said, with my experience, uh, certainly having a non-white female being used as a mechanism or a tool for um, not, not suspected racist, confirmed racist, undermining me, 
um, makes it challenging because sometimes you are having to challenge that behaviour. And um, it's been quite difficult for me because I'm trying to not be that person to focus on the behaviour of the non-white person. But at the same time, they are doing stuff which will affect my livelihood, my future. So th there's a balance to be struck there. Um, and I just wanted to clarify something in terms of... I, I won't go through all the detail because I did talk about it at length on the last programme, but I did talk about the fact that um, I've had a director and also a young person coming into the organisation pushing into me and um, being physically aggressive with me. Um, the young person is actually also a non-white female. Um, and that, that, again, has been really difficult because, A, she was somebody who um, I did get on really well with. And as I said, you know, she used to come into the building and hug me. And there's absolutely no reason why her behaviour should have changed towards me. So all I know is that behind the scenes, someone has fed her something which has um, affected her behaviour towards me but you know she's in her early 20s so she's old enough to know better as well and um, with my update on the actual situation um, this week the, the non-white female who manages the race soldier who put in the initial complaints about me because what I've been doing is making sure that but any meetings that I've had and the inappropriate behaviour is well and truly documented and everything that they say, everything that I say gets recorded and I was pulled up by my head of team last week for doing so. Um, but I'm continuing anyway um, because if their behaviour is correct, then we shouldn't have any problems recording anything in writing. Um, so this week, the non-white female... Um, came back to me off of the last set of notes I sent to her and uh, she um, she was querying one point I emailed her back and said uh, my notes are accurate and I'm very sure that my notes are accurate um, and but what she's what she does when she's coming back on her notes is that she's saying oh well I wouldn't have said that or um, what was meant was blah 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 I'm not going to, to correct anything on the back of what you meant to say or I wouldn't have said that. You did say it. And so if there's any subsequent investigation, that's when she can give her um, corrections or clarify what she meant. So I, I, I emailed her back and I said, my notes are accurate. I then got an email um, from her stating, um, what did she say? Oh, um, seeing as though we're not in agreement on the accuracy of the notes, can we agree that they don't get circulated beyond the four people who had been copied in the email, which was myself, her, uh, my line manager and head of team. So I emailed her back just for clarification, because, well, what do you mean? Uh, what, you know, not, not beyond the four of us. So I emailed her back, I said, ah, oh, my notes are accurate. And to clarify, I'm not looking for your permission as to where I will circulate my notes. Um, and also, um, you are free to determine what you do with them. And I, before I sent that email, I could hear my manager whispering in her ear, yeah, I think that's, that's a good you know, thing that you emailed. Um, and essentially, everybody's worried because what they're doing 
is now well and truly documented. Um, so that was the end of that. Um, I did have a conversation with my union rep um, or email correspondence with my union rep today because yesterday I was again in the office. I'd spoken to HR about the process for the investigation on Tuesday um, and um, I made him aware that and I was struggle I was struggling with this part, but I made him aware that I was going to report the young um, the, the young person's behaviour to the police. And the only reason I hadn't decided to report my director is because somewhere in my mind, and I was wrestling with it because I thought, why am I doing one and not the other? But somewhere in my mind, I thought she wasn't actually going to do anything again, or what? You, you know, I I don't know. I, but I was I was struggling with it. Needless to say, yesterday, she did it again. She elbowed me in my back. Um, I took it straight to HR. Um, they recommended that I go home. And if I wanted to, I could get my doctor to sign me off and take more time off. Um, I needed to be out of the office today anyway. But as I said, I emailed my union rep this morning um, just to make them aware of the situation. Um, what they did do is caution me on whether I should be reporting it to the police. So I queried that. And um, the email back was, oh, well, maybe they might think you're, um, you know, escalating it um, too far, basically. Um, so, you know, that it may be seen that you're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're taking it too far. I'm going to ignore that. And tomorrow, because I didn't have a chance today, but tomorrow I will be reporting it to the police. HR did email me, but because I was on training out of the building today, I didn't get a chance to speak to them. But essentially what I've done is made them aware of exactly what went on yesterday afternoon. Um, and um, what, what HR had said is on Tuesday is that they will investigate, but they need more detail from me before they notify everyone and formally start the investigation. So my email this morning was basically back to my um, the, the group director who's responsible for all staff in your organisation. This is the position. Um, fair enough, you need to go for a process, but this supersedes it. So I want them to now intervene, remove me from the team, place me somewhere else in the organisation, and also make everybody aware that they are now under investigation and that their behaviours are being monitored. Because I'm not going to put up with that. It's just way... You know, as I said, it's way beyond anything that's even remotely acceptable. Um, but I'll stop there. But, yeah, I mean, it's just literally, it is difficult because, you know, yes, we are wanting to acknowledge that others, you know, other non-white people are victims. But at the same time, they also got to be responsible for their own behaviour. And that has been one of the most difficult things for me in this whole process. Um, but, yeah, I'll meet my line, girls. Hmm. Man, I hope you uh, take advantage since you were saying that, you know, they were they were saying that you could see a doctor if you wanted to take some time off. Uh, I would definitely try to take some time off because you've been talking to us about this for a while, both uh, being physically uh, experienced the physical physical violence in the hallways uh, from this race soldier. And now you said it seems like it's another non-white person, a younger person who's doing this as well. Uh, and then before that, the situation with being accused of, uh, I guess, 
being rude and, and talking down to this uh, other suspected racist white guy there and, and all of that. Just it's been so much uh, turmoil uh, that you've been dealing with on this job for so long. I would definitely encourage the time off. Um, I think that is uh, great. Your strategy of taking this to the police since it has escalated and this has been going on for a while and they're not doing anything about it. Uh, that makes great sense to me. And even that pattern where they have been terrorizing you and even physically physical violence in terms of the way that they've been targeting you for months, but they consistently, they do this worldwide. They consistently find a way to come back and it's you that are the violent one. I think we talked about that in terms of that was kind of uh, mitigating your response to being uh, violated in the hallway because you felt that they would immediately just, it would be some sort of recrimination and oh my gosh, Stacy is just, she's a savage. I mean, if you look at her funny in the hallway, she's ready to accuse you of something and oh, these black females, they're so rude. Like she was, we talked about that before. It's just been such a toxic environment. Um, I would, if you can get the time off, that would be phenomenal. I think it would be great to take care, do some, some self care. Uh, and then the police uh, bringing them in, hopefully uh, that can help uh, in showing that you're being serious about this and that you're not going to just tolerate them and then adding more people just abusing you in the hallway and, and other things. Uh, I want to get comment if, if listeners have feedback, if they have any thoughts on uh, you contacting the police about this uh, and the other way that you dealt with it. If folks have any feedback. I just want to make sure we grab the uh, mail caller who spoke up simultaneously. Thank you for your patience, sir. Were you going to comment? Uh, thank you again. I was just commenting on the uh, one of the previous email callers that was saying uh, about the, I guess, the three-month uh, appraisal, performance appraisal. I definitely suggest that she uh, bring it up and um, inquire about it. Um, if not just for, uh, you know, practicing, like, codification. So I like to, whenever um, I'm held to a standard, they, they like, um, employers hold employees to a standard of meeting deadlines and timelines they hold employees to a standard um hold them to a standard too um and and as well as document the fact that you had to inquire about your um uh, your 90-day appraisal but that's all i have for now thank you mm. yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me as well there they they hold you uh as you said to deadlines uh this is supposed no, that tb test is supposed to happen on this date or else they hold us to deadlines I think that makes a lot of sense in making sure that they're also abiding by their own uh, timelines, schedules, what's supposed to be happening with your own uh, career development. Uh, did do we have uh, any listeners uh, comments on what we heard from Stacy uh, in terms of how she's handling her situation, uh, escalating and uh, getting enforcement officials involved? I know when that came up last week, uh, it was a non-white female. She was being terrorized on the job. And that that also came up and, and people were kind of uh, some people thought it was a good idea to contact the police. Other people thought that that might that might make it worse. Just bring in more race soldiers who will not help out and might even, you know, contribute to the problem. Uh, if we had people who've had thoughts on that or anything else that we've uh, discussed so far today, feel free. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, female. Uh, ma'am, go ahead. No, that's okay. You can go ahead. Can I, can I be heard, Gus? Yes, sir. We can hear you. Okay. Good evening, and good evening to the cows. Um, 
I wanted to, being a, uh, my name's Ramon from Colorado, and I wanted to address, you know, at least chime in, because you're always asking about independent contractors and what we might have learned out there. I, I, I would say my codification for being an independent contractor, particularly a interior remodeler, is that um, I always start my uh, estimates by assessing how my um, prospects are gauging me questions. And then I'm taking a visual assessment, you know, as we're going through the house, how they're allowing, if they have children, you know, how, how they're allowing the children to interact, if they're interacting at all with, uh, you know, with me as a contractor. Um, so these things I use later in my, my workplace safety policy. So when I get my um, estimates together, I will send a, a workplace safety policy informing clients that we cannot have children or pets within so many feet of the workplace or within our point of entry. And typically I'll, you know, sometimes I'll get, they won't push back verbally. You can hear it in their, their response, how their tone is. So we'll just hit them with the insurance compliance. Another thing I would encourage if they're not doing it as an independent contractor, <clears throat> I secure deposits for all my jobs, 50% labor, 100% materials. And that's kind of my, my codification for being an independent contractor. And I have, um, this is more of a neighborhood racism story. Um, sometime ago, I was off doing a errand for my wife for a baby shower. And she said while I was going, she had went over to give our neighbor just across the street some party favors that they was giving out for the baby shower. And um, they chipped out a little bit. He asked if we needed anything. She thanked him, but told him we were covered. Again, he asked, but he he said, is there anything, anytime, let me know. Anything, just let me know. Birth control, anything. And this, <laughs> so that's how he ended that, that scenario. But then another occasion, I was landscaping my yard, and my landscaper and I were sitting there talking about what, what, you know, what type of fertilizing we were going to do. And the same neighbor happened to be standing there next to us, you know, listening. So he said, oh, well, I, you know, I can provide you some dead bodies. So <laughs> needless to say, we were all shocked. But that's my race, workplace racism and codification. Thank you. Hmm. I'm not surprised uh, to have uh, a non-white person, and particularly if you're doing work in people's like residence, uh, to have you coming in and telling them, you know, where Fido can and cannot go in their domicile uh, or their children, no less. Uh, I can see that, you know, wrinkling uh, a few folks and you having to be uh, assertive. Uh, <laughs> this is what it is. Uh, if I'm going to be doing the job, ma'am, sir. Um yeah, and I'm not surprised with the comments at all. Birth control, uh, dead bodies. Uh, that's what I going back to what I said when the the email that I read earlier in terms of not being surprised at at best, at best, tacky. 
Princess, did you have uh, commentary? Thank you for sharing. Caller in Colorado. Princess, did you have commentary? Not hearing you. Don't know if you hit your mute button or not. Yeah, hold on. on I, I, I'm trying to take care of something. It'll be just a moment. You can go to the next call. Got it. Got it. While we are waiting for Princess, uh, make sure I remind people this is not our typical broadcast because I'm going to catch Dr. Vanessa Grubbs. So we will probably be here about two hours. Uh, if you have commentary, you should go ahead and speak now. Do not wait and think that you can just lollygag and speak up at some time later. We have less than an hour in the broadcast. Uh, number again, 641 Zero. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six if you would like to participate. Uh, did we miss anybody? Folks have uh, commentary they want to share. Hello. Can I be heard? I uh, heard both of Hello? you. Hello. Yes, ma'am. We'll get our female caller first, and then we'll get the male. Thank you, Beth. Um, I wanted to respond to Stacy's situation in the UK. Um, I'm really sorry to hear her situation. Um, I could hear the distress in her voice, understandably so. Um, and, and forgive me if, uh, if this has already been mentioned by Stacy or another caller, but no, no job, whatever it is, is worth the beautiful, um, temple that you've been given with, which is your body, so, and your physical health, so, um, I would encourage Stacy um, or ask if she's been looking for another job, or when she has her time off, if she may, if she thought of spending some time also looking for another job, um, I don't know what the employment situation is like in the UK, where she is, um, um, because just the myriad of like the different situations that were described, I've never heard of that. I mean, it, it's like it runs the gamut, and that, that can cause anyone great distress, and that could lead to strokes. Um, that could lead to, in the in the in the long term. That could lead to stroke, um, hypertension, um, insomnia. So I just wanted to encourage Stacy. Maybe if she, and I hope I'm not being offensive, but maybe she could look for another job, and I'll keep her in my prayers. Thank you. Can I be here? Uh, was that Princess? Yes. Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Yes. I, I do apologize. I'm trying to actually cook dinner. Um I was uh, just wanted to share some a uh, little bit of an update on my situation at work. Um, I'm calling from Florida, but I used to reside in uh, New Orleans at one point. But uh, this week, uh, we're going through a lot of uh, changes um, at uh, the corporate level with my job. So they're uh, doing a lot of remodeling at some of the other uh, locations. So I have volunteered to cover at another store um, to help with the process and work with the team uh, and Manny um, overseeing all of this stuff going on. 
And so when I got to the location, I was paired up with a older a white female. And, you know, we pretty much was doing, you know, our work nonetheless. And I had ran into two of the other people from my old lo- location before I was abruptly uh, forced to transfer and stuff. And this female who I also reported to corporate and I um, stated to them about the issues that I've had with her uh, uh, in the past. Uh, now you're talking about a, a full uh, store of about 40 managers uh, coming from, from the surrounding location in uh, central Florida. I'm at somebody else's store. So the manager uh, or the store manager is at the premises. However, the same female that I've been having issues with, I've never spoken to her at all uh, since I've left the store. I had no prior communication uh, with her even when I was at the store, but definitely when I left. She finds it upon herself to come uh, in my vicinity where I'm working at with this other white female and proceeded to uh, uh, ask me a question, almost as if she was trying to antagonize me. So my response was uh, to not respond, and I purposely ignored her, and I made it so that way she knew it, and it caused the older white female to have to answer, but even the older white female, after she had walked away, she was like, why did she come all the way over here to ask you something like that? And I didn't want to go into any detail because, you know, I don't know if she knows her or, you know, how white people usually work together to cover each other. I didn't want her saying anything else to another uh, manager on, you know, creating an issue. So I just said, oh, I don't know, but, it, you know, I just played it off. But she tried it again, and I guess this time she, she uh, you know, felt like she could try and, I guess, intimidate me or, or whatnot. Really don't know. Uh, but I just made it to where it was obvious to her that, no, I'm, I'm not talking to you about anything and you don't need to come over here to ask me anything. This is not my store. You can ask the actual store manager that's on duty. There was no reason for you to come and invade my space um, for any reason. So I later find out through another uh, employee that came from my store location to come help out and make some o- overtime. He had told me that she actually walked up to him and asked about me and was basically saying how I didn't like her and, and she doesn't know why and all this stuff. And he was just like, you know, just telling me some of the things that she was saying and stuff. So, um, but as far as the investigation that I initially uh, put out, uh, I must say that, well, I'm hesitant to say things are a little bit better since one of the problems had been moved out of the location, which was the white male that I had to work with, another manager. Uh, He was moved to another location. Um, I I, I probably learned, give him an update on that. But um, just... uh, you know, doing your due diligence on a lot of stuff. And like I said, uh, it's very tiring having to, uh, you know, go through each and every day trying to, uh, you know, 
plan out how you're going to work around white supremacy. So other than that, I'll mute my line. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Princess. Um, please do not burn your chitlins on our account. Um, that is a great suggestion. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I heard frying in the background. You generally don't. Anyway, um, that was a great suggestion, I thought, with um, rem- remembering to... Uh, you just you got to be mindful, even on the and I would say whether it's a non-white person or a suspected racist, if you're in a work situation and this is somebody that you've already had some problems with uh, or you you know have reason to suspect that this person might be up to mischief and they come by with that sort of thing. They, they come by to make their comment or question or whatever they do and they're just trying to rankle you and they leave and they do this in the presence of another person, whether they're white or non-white. I wouldn't have anything to say because uh, even if it's a non-white person, it could be the exact same thing where they leave and oh, I can't believe that heifer came over here talking and, blah, 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 and you say whatever you say and then that other person, even if it's a non-white person, they could just hear that and say, oh, wow, Princess was over there and she was just gossiping and talking so bad. And all she did was ask a question. And I don't even know. And then they enter that in the record that, oh, wow, well, it seems you've been to none of that. I would just take it at all times. Either I'm being recorded or watched. Everything that I say uh, is going to be transcribed, audio, video and played back in a loop for the next five years. That's the way that you want to function so that you're very mindful at all times what you say what you don't say, what you're doing, and just speak as though everybody in the company is going to hear what I say right now. Every time I open my mouth, everybody here will know exactly what I said. When you get in the habit of working like that, you are not careless with your speech, and we definitely don't want to be reckless with our talking uh, in the job. Uh, Was there a male caller who spoke up simultaneously? Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you very, very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. I had a, a few uh, updates, uh, situations or whatnot on my job. The first is uh, there have been, um, what I've been noticing is that like there have been a lot of people coming in, I guess, for, I guess, what they call truancy or the restoration of civil rights and uh, rights to get firearms and whatnot. And I've noticed that most of most of them have, have been black people, uh, um, mainly black males. Uh, for instance, today there was in uh, uh, a black male, I guess, like in his late 60s. And he said that some came up about something he did in 1969. And I'm like, it's 2017. So, I mean, they must really be at work trying to uh, get him. Uh, extracted or purged from his employment, a place of employment. So uh, it hadn't just been him, but I, I've noticed that most of the people who come in and request some kind of a background check or some kind of a printout of their record history uh, are uh, black people. And these are things that have been done uh, many, 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 many years ago. And I thought about when Mr. Fuller spoke something similar to this about how they'll already have you computerized. You know, if you do something, they'll come back to say you did this and that, and they'll just make up anything. Uh, when by comparison, you have white people who do uh, notoriously greater things, of course, but they aren't held to the same uh, judgment, I guess. Um, the the next was, 
there was a, a like a couple of customers, uh, black female customers, that came in to, uh, I guess, make copies. So I was helping a black female make copies. So the machine that you have to use to, to pay for the copies, they uh, copied the documents incorrectly. So I said to compensate on that, I made the copies myself. And, you know, I just told her to just press on the machine to get her money back. So, you know, I go and make the copies and I come back, you know, I give her her uh, accurately made copies and they leave. And this, uh, uh, my coworker, she says, uh, I can't stand ghetto. So I don't know, some kind of statement just came out of nowhere. And I, uh, you know, linked it up to them just, just leaving. And this person is classified as white. You know, once again, you know, a younger person, maybe like 22 years old, uh, you know, she says she can't stand ghetto. So, you know, I just kept on doing what I did. You know, it wasn't no question to me. It was just a statement that I heard. So I found that uh, something to, to uh, document. And uh, the the next was this. Uh, I know I've spoken numerous times about this uh, suspected white supremacist guy who, who I guess they say he may have a mental issue or whatever, but he uh, had an update on his case that that I was looking on because I definitely try to make sure I keep on uh, keep an update on what's going on. So he had like a, I guess like a sealed document image in his case where he was being examined, I guess, by a physician. And the document was basically detailing, I guess, something about him being a schizo or whatever, schizophrenic. And they was uh, asking him certain things. You know, he was mentioning something about uh, Jesus Christ and the disciples but not. But uh, one, one thing that, that was very alarming to me was um, the most violent uh, thing that he said was when he was asked a question about who do you feel is against you, or something about the word against, or do you think anyone is against you? And his response was in quotes, uh, it's, all, it's all harmony except niggers looking, no, it's all harmony except niggers staring down a barrel, so that was in close to what he said, and I noticed that the document it didn't go um, into more detail about that statement that he used. So uh, I found that very interesting. So this guy apparently, I guess they said that he wasn't competent to stand trial. So so he's supposed to have a hearing within the next couple of months. So. Uh, I guess he's supposed to be getting some kind of treatment or whatever, but I don't think he's held to the same uh, uh, strenuous charges as if a uh, black male did something. Uh, black male, I know, he was court ordered not to come to the uh, courthouse and sent off to some kind of Baker Rack facility. Um, so, you know, it just goes to show the uh, difference in how they deal with um incorrect acts from white and non-white. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to share. Appreciate that. Another one of our callers down in Florida. Um, 
wow, that that uh, that last situation, I think, definitely where uh, black people end up being the ones that are punished, persecuted, not white people. Uh, I think that's all the time, every day, worldwide system of racism, white supremacy. I think even in the first thing that you first vignette that you were talking about, where you were saying that the people that come down uh, to get printouts of their, I guess, criminal background or whatever it is, uh, that it's black people uh, and, you know, stuff that they did 20 years ago when they were, you know, in their teens or very young. And that's still, I know people, non-white people uh, here in this area, exact same thing, uh, things that happen 15, 20 years ago, and they're still struggling. That's still being used as a justification to deny them uh, resources. And it's the exact opposite uh, for racist man, racist woman. I don't, I, it could have just been, cause I was thinking when you were talking about the second, <clears throat> the second situation with the, uh, I guess some black people came in and they were getting photocopies and you went to help them out. Cause the copier is cheap or whatever it is. And then the white woman uh, just said she couldn't stand ghetto. Uh, it's been my experience, just, you know, a black person, it seems like you might have been going above and beyond the call of duty uh, to help these folks out get with their photocopies. It's been my experience that racists, they hate it, hate it, hate it. They have done so much in contaminating us to be anti-black, to see a black person helping out and being courteous and patient with another black person. Like, oh, man, <laughs> like you have ruined my day. Like, I'm going to have to go and, and find, watch Birth of a Nation when I get home or replay some footage from the Michael Brown protest tests or something to get my spirits back up because I'm I'm totally disgusted so it could have just been that uh, just you know seeing you help them out and everything that ugh, niggas come in here and using up our copier and he's going to give them the money back ugh, it's ruined my day. that could have been what it was she had to say something so she just said she can't stand ghetto um, yeah folks come to their come to their own conclusion but even little things like that is the type of thing that I, I think you should pay attention to in the in the workplace because like I said it's racist they're not ignorant and they're paying attention all the time that sort of thing i don't just chalk chalk it up to uh benefit of the doubt or she wasn't talking about us or whatever i I generally just do not take that stance uh with whites uh other folks commentary that they uh wanted to share other things that they wanted to uh relate the race soldier definitely not being treated uh the same way absolutely sounds like he's about to get a few months of sensitivity training and packed up on his way. They'll probably have that sealed in his record, be expunged. No problems. He can move forward and be a productive uh, citizen on the global plantation. Uh, other folks uh, have commentary that they uh, wanted to get in. We miss anybody. We miss uh, any folks. Folks have. Oh, yes, we did. Other folks who dialed in more recently with a hand up line should be open. Can <laughs> Got both of you. Uh, Go ahead, just, ma'am. Right on. Okay. I, I, thank you so much, uh, retired firefighter. Um, and hello to you, Beth. And all the I just have one question. And this, the, the lady that you're going to see, are you going to try to have her on? <laughs> on your, you know, on your show? Uh, I mean, uh, I guess it would be nice. It, it, uh, this book just came out. I think this book just came out within the last two months or so. Uh, I just mm-hmm. saw it. I think I just played it on the program within the last two or three weeks. And I just found out that she was coming here on Sunday. So all of this was very quick. Um, if I get an opportunity to chat it up with her after the show, if I have to elbow a few of the white audience members out of the way to go chat it up mm-hmm. and see if she'll chat with us. Absolutely. Uh, or even if I contact her via email afterwards, just say, Hey, I saw you in Seattle, uh, that night. Be great to have you on the program. I will, we'll definitely, uh, see if we can get her on and I will try to uh, record this evening. 
Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and that that's what I wanted to ask. I don't have anything. Right, you know, there's always a lot to talk about workplace racism, but I don't have anything for that. But I just wanted to ask that question. So I'm going to mute myself. Uh, thank you. And thank you to retired firefighter for letting me get in there. Have we, and Gus, you have a good time at this. I'm really eager and, uh, to hear about, you know, her story and what she's talking about. Me too. I'm super excited. I think we have cows listeners in the building as well. Uh, retired firefighter, were you going to comment? Yes, I'm, I'm just thinking how to how to uh, uh, voice it uh, because I don't have a direct workplace racism to report, but uh, within the people activity of employment, uh, I think uh, what is constructive and positive about uh, uh, I don't want to say the word balance off the workplace racism uh, is. I'll just go ahead and say that the, the, uh, I think we have a means of when it comes to employing people to do services for us, which is their workplace. Uh, if we can give it thought, is to attempt to hire as many non-white people, and I would say preferably non-white black people as possible, uh, uh, because it, it could, uh, for one thing, for that, for that non-white person, that non-white black person, by a, a black person hiring them, uh, it would, uh, certainly, uh, improve their, uh, their entrepreneurial status. Uh, I would say first and foremost, unless somebody can tell me something different, uh, white people ain't hardly going to come to your house and do anything. In and around your house, inside, outside, anyway, as far as that concerned, a black person's house. Uh, and I found I have found out that once you hire one non-white black person, and that experience was a good experience, you can go to them to ask. Let's say if that person was a person who painted your house, and, and they can probably tell you some other some other person that can do something else. Uh, within or outside of your house. I found that out. Uh, whether it's a plumber, uh, the only thing I haven't figured out yet to find a black person that, that can redo the roof. Uh, and it's not just your house uh, or your yard. Also, when it comes to legal matters, uh, you know, the idea of finding a, a, an attorney, a non-white black attorney, uh, uh, for whatever your legal matters are, as well as uh, your body itself, that becomes a place of employment, I guess, uh, uh, a doctor, as far as that concerned. Uh, uh, and there's, there's means to do that now, and you can see on who you're hiring uh, from that standpoint. And once again, I emphasize that improves, improves uh, uh, on battling against workplace racism when, when that black person who is looking for hire uh, is hired by another non-white black person. And, and, it be, and if it especially becomes a quality relationship, meaning that you were satisfied with their, with their, uh, uh, with their, with their work and uh, vice versa, they were satisfied with the, uh, the workplace. Uh, and, uh, those are basically my thoughts. What, what gave me that idea was I was at my uh, my uh, mother's house and 
a uh, had a knock on the door. Not a knock on the door, but the uh, the doorbell rung, and uh, at the door was a uh, you know highly professional looking, clean cut, non white black male, and uh, he had you know typical uh, insecticide uh, canister. And he was coming to spray. Now I didn't know who he was because, so I had to call my sister, whose base was in charge of things uh, at my mother's house, and uh, she gave me the okay. But uh, I just noticed how how uh, uh, professionally dressed he was. Uh, I looked out at his vehicle. Uh, it was brightly colored with with colorful letterings and stuff. So it tells me he put a great deal of content into uh uh his his work uh his presentation and everything and uh i quickly asked you are you the proprietor of the business and he's and he said he said yes i said can i get a card from you in case i need you know you know some 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 sort of uh exterminator to come by uh that sort of thing and uh and i i went straight to him and told him and said that that uh, i always uh look around for for non-white people to, you know, non-white black people to hire, and uh, so uh, uh, I'll uh, be calling you when it, when I need the service. You know, uh, just a thought. Yeah, hopefully, I made some sense on on that, and uh, that's all I have. Thank you. Great suggestion. Great suggestion. I think they have resources that can help folks do that. I know they have in in cities, particularly cities where they have a higher population of black people. A lot of times, they'll have. Uh, catalogs and yeah. things that list yeah. directories that list black businesses so you can just go through there and get or take the whole directory sometimes you can buy buy it or they give it away that way you can have it or you can just go through there when you need the service you know you need an exterminator or you need some painting or whatever it is uh, you can go through and do exactly what uh, retired firefighter suggested I can say that I do know folks who tried to do that because I think healthcare was mentioned who tried to get a uh, black pediatrician out here in Washington State and they have had a very tough time uh there are not a whole lot of them and then they're avalanched uh like really really difficult time for parents out here anyway who were trying to get a black pediatrician uh to give them their business it was uh it has been for months now this is something that they've been researching for months and it has been uh, very very difficult so that's something uh, i guess if you figure out ways to solve that problem might be good to share that information as well uh, yeah, I could imagine because I, I, you talk about it all the time about the uh, the lack of non-white black people in the state of Washington. <laughs> yep, they long talk about doctors. That's yep. all. Absolutely, absolutely, and that that contributes to it as well because it's not that many, and so then if they're trying to get a black doctor and it's not a whole lot of black doctors, then there you go. Uh, other folks who uh, dialed in who've got a hand up, if you had commentary that you wanted to share, again, we will not be here for three hours today because uh, I'm going to hear Dr. Vanessa Grubbs uh, at uh, the top of the hour. So do not lollygag if you have comments, suggestions, commentary on uh, what people have shared thus far. Go ahead and speak up now. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Hey, good evening, guys. Good evening to the call. So good evening. Uh, I'll be... Uh brief and try to do my best to be concise. I'm actually going to share some workplace racism from a good friend of mine. Uh, I'll just try to abbreviate as much as possible. Um, Non-black, non-white female, real estate sales. um, Her and I were having a discussion maybe a couple weeks ago, and um, 
I had assumed uh, that she had won an award just based upon her numbers. Her and I, are, you know, we, we talk pretty frequently. And she said, oh, no, I've never told you that story that I didn't win that award. And I said, what happened? She said, well, I had the most units and everything of that nature, most sales. And, and we're at the award ceremony. The whole room is looking at me thinking I'm going to win this award. And they gave it to this white male. And I said, oh, did he have more sales than you? And she said, no, he had more uh, community service. And <laughs> we, I started laughing. She was very hot about this, obviously. But I just started laughing. Up until I said, wait, we're, just to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly, I said, we're in finances, real estate sales. This guy had less sales than you did, but they gave him the award because he had more community service. And she said, yep. And I said, man, white people will do the tackiest thing. And she said, you're right. I never thought of it like that. I said, because, I mean, everybody in the room knew that you got the most sales, but they just gave it to the white guy anyway. So they did an investigation. They saw how this whole thing was rubbish. And next year they're going to try to do uh, this year, because this happened uh, a couple months ago, beginning of the year, but this year, they she told me that they are going to change the whole selection process, but that's after they made sure that the black person didn't get the award. The next thing was, um, same person was, uh, this person was selling real estate, giving advice, and this falls into anti-blackness, to where for some reason, uh, a black family was not, not taking her advice and what they should, how, and they should market or sell a property. And the black family, and I think this is helpful for a lot of people, the black family then says, well, you know what? We are no longer going to need your services. And they say, okay, fine. A week later, she drives up to pass the property, and she sees another person sign in the yard, and it's a white person. And, And the property is listed for less money. And what her and I were speaking of, and what I talk to a lot of black people is about with anti-blackness is how, how easy it is for us, us just to assume that a black person, if something isn't going your way, the reason why, and this is literally what they said, the reason why it wasn't happening correctly is because I listed it with a black person, and if I just listed it with a white person, this will make somebody buy my product. And it's unfortunate that that happens, but in the system of racism, white supremacy, that happens pretty frequently. And the last thing I'll mention is um, at my job, I'm in the mortgage business. Uh, there's a new guy that the company hired, a uh, white male suspected racist, and his job is just to come around and just, like, do business development. And one of the interesting things that I noticed when he came to our office today was he was like, oh, I just have no, I have no background. And I was like, oh, in finance? He's like, no, I've done medical sales. But I, he said, me and all the mortgage guys, we just run in the same crowd. And it's a well, I'm sure it's a very well-paying position. He gets to go fall around, uh, shake hands, and kiss babies. But I'm sitting there thinking there are a lot of non-white people. I've seen articles that have degrees that are not working. And just because this white guy is running around with the experience, not experience in finances, but just knows the right people, he's all of a sudden qualified to do uh, business development in a field that he doesn't know anything about. And that was acknowledged by the guy that runs the company. He was like, well, everybody just knows this guy. He's smart. 
I don't know if this is going to work or not, but let's just hire him because he's a white guy that's been around for a long time. So just a few observations that I've noticed and I'll leave my life. Thanks, guys. Huh. Wow. That second one, that is uh, the result of racism, white supremacy, uh, non-white people, black people. It's not just black people, non-white people in total uh, thinking that things will be better uh, if we just get a white person. They will be able to come in and save us and solve the problem. Like that is a tragic result, tragic consequence of the system of of, uh, white supremacy. And I have heard that a number of times uh, where non-white people had that way of uh, thinking. I think there's even uh, an old television program where the black people, they, they didn't want a black doctor. They wanted a white doctor for the same same logic. Um, yeah, with, with the last one, and that happens all the time, too, in the workplace where you have tons of white people where they are not qualified uh, for the job that they have. And we've had a ton of people who've called in. That's almost cliche in the system of uh, of white supremacy where they <clears throat> don't even have to be qualified and they can get the job just because being classified as white, that alone can be more than enough to tip your resume <laughs> over the balance. You don't have to have it. In fact, I think we had some people who told us there were white people who went in, applied for a job that they knew they had none of the credentials for at all, like no experience, nothing, just applied. I said that just that to me, I think, is is standard where I, as a white person, expect that I can get this job when I know from the very beginning I have no idea to do any of this. But I think I can get it just because, hey, I am white and I'm not ignorant about that. Uh, we had one person who wrote in. They had suggestions to give uh, or excuse me. They wanted suggestions. I want to make sure I got that in before uh, we run out of time at the end of the hour. Uh, the person wrote non-white male. Three racist suspects thought I wasn't listening to their conversation. However, there uh, they were in a storage container in which it amplified their voices. So I heard the one racist suspect share a story about some sea lion at a park being fed. And the one racist suspect said to the other two that a younger gook was feeding the sea lion and was pulled underwater. Then the other two started laughing and talking with an Asian accent. Then when they walked by me, all three said, good morning, brother. Funny how whenever you listen to your broadcast and you ask the guest about have they told or heard racist jokes, they get amnesia. I, too, have found that funny. Second observation, uh, three racist suspects from Portugal are having what I perceive to be a heated conversation in their native tongue so I withdrew myself from them then one of them came up to me and said do you watch football soccer my reply was no then he proceeds to say that they always get in heated conversations about that sport so I quickly withdrew myself from them and out of the corner of my eye I saw one I saw the one finger the other to which he jumped and started to smile at the other they made a quick glance to see if I saw but if I saw them, but I kept looking in the opposite direction. Hmm. Lastly, the Irish white man that is the fairest of them all keeps trying to make conversation with me by using slang like how's it going in the hood and for sizzle. I took the note. I took notice that 
when he engages me in conversation, he likes to talk over me when I'm trying to talk. I also noticed that when he finished talking, he pulls out his phone and then leaves. Not sure why, but he might be recording the conversation. Wow. Any suggestions? I'm not sure which vignette they're asking for suggestions. I'm thinking maybe the last one. Uh, you can clarify if, if you wanted commentary on the first ones. If it's the last one uh, with the slang and what have you if you want to ask sizzle what does sizzle mean i've i've never are you are you talking about cooking something when it's when the meat is like sizzling on the is that what you're saying uh you could ask questions uh you could say nothing i'm always a big advocate of sometimes often nothing need be said uh some of the times they just want to get a response from you anyway so if you don't say anything you don't respond at all you just keep going about your business they'll stop doing some of that anyway it's kind of you know personal choice how you want to deal with that point of it now, if if you have reason to suspect that he could be recording you with his phone, you could ask. I don't know which state you're in. So, you know, if they have laws on that sort of thing, you could ask. You could, as I said earlier, I just take the position that I'm being recorded regardless whether they got, you know, cameras on the wall or their cell phone or whatever it is. I just take that position anyway. So it doesn't make me any difference. I'm going to talk like I'm being recorded. So. No problem. Everybody, let's all pull out our phone and record. And I'm just going to continue to continue to conduct business per normal. Uh, You could take it that route. A lot of different ways that you could go with that as well. Uh, I don't recall the exact type of uh, setting, what type of of, uh, office makeup you got here, what your rules and regulations are in terms of what's permissible behavior there uh, that might factor in. But did folks, if it's if it's the last situation with this boss that's making these, uh, I guess, tacky slang in conversation hood and for sizzle uh, and then uh, concerned that he might be recording conversations. Uh, any suggestions for how folks would deal with this? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, this is uh, Ken Steele, and I am reporting from uh, Chino, uh, California. And um, uh, yeah, the previous, uh, I wanted to um, comment on uh, the caller from uh, the UK on her situation. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was really, uh, um, I guess uh, moved by uh, her her report this week, and I would suggest to her to uh, take her employer up on their offer to take time off. Um, and in that time, I would uh, be, um, uh, spruce up my LinkedIn profile and uh, um, update my um, resume and uh, begin the search for new work. And um, simultaneously. I would also be uh, looking for uh, a lawyer. Um, if you are are planning on escalating this to involve law enforcement, uh, chances are uh, you may want to also, uh, you may um, have been in a situation where uh, uh, you need a lawyer to uh, best uh, handle uh, what is to come because it sounds like um, they're preparing to terminate you um, and it sounds like uh, you are not doing so well in this environment. And I also uh, recommend uh, getting your diagnostic uh, looked at, um, you know, just your vital uh, signs, your, um, 
your blood pressure um, most importantly because uh, I know that when I'm uh, in hospital work environment, uh, one of the uh, primary things that's affected is my uh, is my blood pressure, and um, too much of that uh, can kill you. One of my doctors told me uh, if your blood pressure gets to a certain level and um, it stays there or it sort of fluctuates around there and you're constantly exposed to that level of stress, you will die prematurely. So, um, you know, I just recommend that uh, you you take your, your time off and uh, and you uh, use that time off very constructively. You're in a very delicate situation. I can already tell because you're um, so affected and, um, and take that seriously. And uh, real quick, I just wanted to to talk about a, a workplace uh, racism situation that uh, occurred with me yesterday. Um, I was uh, I was was in a um, I was in a, a I guess a comedy environment. I was in a bar um, that was hosting a, an open mic last one of my shows, and uh, there was a party of um, suspected white supremacists that were sitting. Um, off to the side, um, and they were not uh, comedians, which is, I mean, like, uh, you definitely want what they call civilians um, in attendance, but at the same time, um, it's kind of unusual to have uh, a group that, uh, rolling that, that heavy on a Wednesday night in this environment. So one of the comedians uh, began to uh, do their set, and uh, immediately, you know, they were um, being very disrespectful, talking throughout the set. And at one point, uh, the comedian just said, all right, everybody, we're just going to stop talking and look at these guys for a few seconds and see what happens. And he stopped. Everybody stopped talking. Uh, you know, the whole place went silent, and we were all looking at them. And um, just having all of those... Uh, all of those um, non-white eyes gazing upon them, just, just that alone um, stopped them dead in their tracks. They, they were um, uh, very moved. Uh, and then, um, you know, I guess some comments about the, the fact that their faces were turning red and everything like that were made. And uh, apparently that made them um, even more upset. And uh, eventually they were so moved that they started uh, um, cussing out one of the performers, and then they um, started yelling at the room, and and, uh, and then they saw themselves out. And um, and I, I thought that that was very interesting because, uh, you know, like I, I think I've noticed on a previous broadcast, um, in this market I have seen more, um, I guess, unstable-type um, suspected racists just, you know, kind of operating out at night. And, um, you know, uh, episodes like that kind of make me nervous um, because, yeah, you never really know um, what these people have in store. And, uh, and just, you know, that being that late at night, you know, just the fact that we looked at them, um, it, it hurt their feelings so much. I don't know. It's just uh, something that I noted. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, they need to be watched uh, very carefully. And um, just the fact that our gaze alone, our unified gaze, was enough to just kind of disarm them. I think that's one of the – I thought that that was very profound. And, uh, uh, I, 
skepticism for the week. Thank you. Hmm. Right on. Right on. Nonviolent uh, counter-racist action. Just uh, looking was enough to get the job done. Uh, since we are running uh, down on time, again, I'm going upstairs to check out Dr. Vanessa Grubbs uh, talk about her book, Interlaced Fingers, on uh, the racial disparities, her term in organ transplants. Did anybody have comments on the caller who wrote in about uh, being on the job and the, I guess, slang terms being used in kind of a crude manner uh, by his supervisor? And then maybe he's using the cell phone to record things we don't know. Did any, any folks have suggestions on that? Minimize conflict by minimizing contact. Hmm. Okay, got one. Any any other suggestions for the caller who wrote in? I guess. Um, yeah, just in response to that. I mean, the fact is, if you think you're being recorded, then you just have to... I mean, I agree with the point about minimizing contact, but also just act as if you're being recorded. Um, so being very cautious about what you're saying, but also where the person is trying to trap you. I mean, you can use that situation to your, to your own advantage uh, um, and make sure. Uh, and I'll give an example. When my, my um, head of team pulled me in last week to have a go at me, the whole thing just felt very weird. And I did think I was being recorded. Um, so I was very honest about her treatment of me, or her, rather her mistreatment of me. So if she was recording it, then what she has recorded is evidence that I've told her she's mistreating me. So she can then do what she wants with that recording. Um, so, you know, behave as if you're being recorded, basically. Because you can't control what they're going to do, because they're not going to obviously reveal to you that they're recording you. Um, and just briefly, uh, yeah, just thank you to all the callers for... Um, the concern I am obviously looking for other jobs thinking about the health situation um, I mean we haven't got time now but um, I will sort of give broader context to some of the other things happening in the organisation because um, as they say a week is a long time in politics and even though I am dealing with lots of difficulties part of my rationale for wanting to move out of the team is to give Give me the space to apply for other jobs and to just not have to deal with some of the day-to-day -day, um, terrorism. Um, but there are other opportunities that are coming my way as well. So, but thank you for the concern. I'll meet my line, Gus. All right, on. Uh, did other Can folks? Yes, ma'am. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. No. Um this is the caller from Florida. I was also wanting to comment on the caller in uh, the UK. Uh, I hope you're, um, you know, being able to manage uh, during all the stress because it is stressful having to uh, just the day-to-day -day grind of having to uh, navigate uh, through the nonsense that they try and throw at us. But I did want to comment on um, because I believe she was saying she was taking a leave of absence. Um, and that's something that I had contemplated at, at one point in time, especially when it was brought to my attention, even though I already knew uh, that I had, like, 
a lot of leave time. But um, I would caution uh, black people, uh, usually when they, um, if they tell you uh, something or suggest uh, for you to take some leave time, just be mindful that a lot of times they use that to um, get you out of the situation um, uh, or in that vicinity. Uh, so that way they can plan your replacement. Because I've seen a, a pattern of that uh, since I've been with this uh, company that a lot of people, especially if they're black or not a non-white person, but I'm just saying black people, a lot of black uh, employees, uh, former employees of mine uh, that, that have gone on leave for whatever reason, it seems like they use that as a ploy to go ahead and find their replacement. They'll things like, um, you know, uh, they went on ahead and hired somebody because of such and such happened. They'll use any excuse. Um, but um, I also want to caution um, uh, people about social in regards to the workplace because since uh, a lot of things have died down for me, for the most part. I'm not saying that it's over because I haven't gotten a conclusion from anybody from corporate. Um, but um, uh, a few people uh, have been asking me uh, for my Facebook uh, account, you know, am I on Facebook and stuff like that. I usually always tell people I don't, I don't have a Facebook account or um, – I'm not on Facebook that much to where I, I don't even operate the account. Um, my rule of thumb is especially with employees that I work with. I don't have any employee have any access to my Facebook unless I, uh, I'm no longer employed with that company. And even if such, you know, that's still to my, I just make sure that I only have people that are like-minded. So, just be mindful of stuff like that too, because they can use things like that um, to get back at you as well. Absolutely, I know Dr. Cambon uh, is a huge advocate of that uh, in terms of not horsing around on social media and thinking that that's going to work out well for you uh, in your job situation. Um, I did want to make sure I included also the photograph. You'll see it on uh, SoundCloud for this episode or Facebook. The uh, image that's used to publicize this event. It's on Twitter as well. Uh, three lawsuits allege racial discrimination in Charleston County schools. This is South Carolina, the same Charleston Dylan roof, right? Uh, so Charleston was named the number one city in the U S right. Best place to live. The school teachers have filed this lawsuit. Now it's already, they already, you already know black children are being mistreated. That's at the top of it, that they're mistreating uh, black children in Charleston County school district. Continuing, it says the lawsuit filed within the past year also claims a pattern of discrimination against black employees in the district, particularly black women who they say have been denied opportunities for advancement as administrators. All three plaintiffs are black women and all three say they were demoted, relocated or put on professional improvement plans as retaliation for speaking out about the alleged discrimination. Uh, and I'll stop there. It goes on and gives uh, more detail about how everybody, children, educators, all were mistreated. In fact, let me give one more. Uh, one of the uh, educators in this suit, she says, one white teacher at St. John's told his students in 2012 that 
all of you could end up back in slavery because then President Barack Obama only had four years left in office. Later, while serving as assistant principal at Burke Middle High, one of the other uh, uh, she's one of the uh, she's on the plaintiffs, one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. Uh, she said uh, one white teacher consistently and constantly used profanity in a derogatory fashion towards black students. But superiors told her not to discipline the teacher at all. Now, see, this is another one where the black person is supposed to be in charge. Not really. That's why going back to what was said earlier about who is to blame, who is culpable, who should, we should be most upset with for these things happening racist man, racist woman, racist child. Uh, folks have any comments they want to get in, in the last couple of minutes before we conclude? We miss anybody? Any, any final comments? Folks want to make sure they get in before we uh, wrap up the program and Gus runs upstairs? Gus, can I comment on the leave thing? Absolutely. Um... Yeah, I think I would agree with the last caller just about the caution. Um, a couple of people have said similar things to me, and I do know my organisation, they have sometimes used people being on sick leave to get rid of them. Um, that's partly why I've asked to be moved teams. Um, if I do take leave, it will be part of my annual leave. Um, that's not to say that I'm not worried about the health implications of what's going on, but I don't trust them. Um, but you know, other people's circumstances might be different, and you know, you may get a bit more flexibility. But I do think there is a real need for caution there. I'll mute my line. Absolutely. Well, Gus T, I'm going to run upstairs uh, to hear Dr. Vanessa Grubb. She's at Third Place Books. If we have listeners in Seattle, uh, depending on where you are in the city, you can run to Lake Forest Park, Third Place Books, and you can hear Dr. Vanessa Grubbs discuss her book on racial disparities in organ transplants. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Gail Scott Heron, The Last Holiday. Uh, we are almost at the end, the second to last session, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll be here Saturday for the compensatory call-in, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 12, excuse me, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, and we'll be here for the global Sunday talk on racism, hopefully with uh, Stacy joining us again. Uh, that'll be this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 12 noon Pacific. Uh, if you have questions, problems, guest suggestions, you can't find something in the archives, drop us an email until justice at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hope we got some constructive info, and we'll be back in about 24 hours. Looking forward to the book presentation. Uh, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.